0: This is the Not Bitter, Just Better podcast. The Everton Hour, straight Straight from from the street street end.
1: end.
0: Hello everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. Episode 58, Mr. Johnny Seven, here as always, with Mark Math. Yeah, and I
2: sound like a robot again, because I'm doing it via the internet however we're on skype not facetime this week as just to confuse me even further
0: yeah we're experimenting with uh, different ways of recording for your oral pleasure not o-r-a-l of course a-u-r-a-l pleasure you know listening pleasure should have said that really shouldn't i um yeah so Sorry about the quality last week, folks. We tried to rectify it a few times uh, and it won't happen again, I assure you all. Uh, With our stupid work schedules now, it was unavoidable to record like that last week, but there we go. Um, This week, though, Mark, one of those stupid occasions where we didn't have a Blues game to talk about or reflect upon. How boring was Saturday? Oh,
2: Saturday was just ridiculously boring. Um, you know, even with all the international games, there's just not an beaten Everton game. Is it? W- I was planning all week my fantasy football team for next week and planning my trip to to West Brom, which you've now
0: joined in on as well. Yeah, I didn't know I wasn't joined in on it. To be honest, until I found out, I was, I was like asking about uh, what time we were leaving and that, and then uh, I realised I was told that. Oh, didn't think you were going. Uh, so last minute. <laughs>
2: I was trying to do the kind thing
0: by just pretending to ignore you and hoping that you'd go away. Yeah, cheers. But uh, last minute scramble, thanks to uh, Paul and uh, one of our old mates, Gary, managed to sort us out a ticket. So I'll be there with the boys. Um, But now, we're going to go straight to... uh, This is probably the earliest you're going to hear this jingle. We're going to have to go straight to our news section, aren't we? Because we haven't got a game to reflect on. So... Unless
2: somebody wants me to review one of my games of FIFA at the weekend, then uh, yeah, I think we're best going straight to the news because we've got nothing else to
0: talk about, haven't we? Did it involve you wearing a headset and getting murdered by some kid in Abu Dhabi or somewhere, 15-0? That's usually how my FIFA games go, yeah,
2: pretty much. Yeah. I'll, I'll go, like, Real Madrid and I'll get whacked by somebody who's gone, like, you
0: know, trammy. I always found that you, you'd you'd be hovering over someone like Barcelona, and then you'd like they'd be on Real Madrid, and then you'd skip to Everton, and then you would think they were going to change their side to like go somewhat equal, and then they'd still want to stay on Real Madrid. The lasses So uh, I, I've retired from online gaming. Anyway, boring, boring, boring. Here we go. Here's a bit of Everton news coming up after this. news because we've both been in different places we've both made a load of notes here haven't we to prepare for uh, our news rundown of the week but I suppose the best place to start is looking back at the Everton involvement in the international uh, fixtures that have happened this week and towards the end of last week so Mark do you want to kick us off
2: yeah I think you know obviously the 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 place to start to be England really three Everton players in the England squad uh, in Jagielka, Baines and Stones Um, and obviously there was the the friendly with Norway that kicked it off Uh, and then that was followed up by uh, the first qualifier for Euro 2016 uh, which was probably the toughest game in England's group uh, away to Switzerland Uh, and uh, the Everton players you know, Baines and, and Stones both started the game Good showing from both of them, playing left-back and right-back, respectively. Uh, and Jagiel came on for the last 15-20 minutes of a 2-0 win to England. A good result for England.
0: Yeah, unlike uh, many people thought, uh, the Swiss didn't roll them over. See what it did there? Yeah, terrible. Ah. Um, so two goals from Danny I Welmer. found
2: that to be very cheesy, very Swiss cheesy.
0: Yeah. Anyway, yeah, two goals from Danny Welbeck. Um, justifying his move, Is he did he have a good performance overall? Two good goals, I suppose, but uh, don't know. What, what do you reckon?
2: I thought he did well. I thought he showed uh, Daniel Sturridge exactly how you should play up front for for England. I thought it was a, you know compared to recent. Performances by England, I thought it was actually fairly decent for them. Uh, I'm still not a fan, though. But I say, like, you know, seeing Stonesy play at right back didn't look out of place, uh, fitted in, did as well as anyone, uh, even though he's out of position for me playing at right back. Uh, and Bainesy got forward well and, and, and had a good game, so yeah, decent little run out for the Blues.
0: I, uh, I think Stones will do alright in that position for England because not as much as asked of him as there is for Everton, because he's he's not Seamus Coleman, and only Coleman can do that role for Everton, I think, at the moment, that right-back role. Uh, But, yeah, it's good to see, you know, we had the England full-backs. Still, yeah, as you say, not impressed. That England side and squad is the weakest we've had, probably since Carlton Palmer was capped all those years ago. Um, Just very, very... Ordinary players playing for England. It's like, you know, I'm still waiting for my phone call. Phone call off boy um, you know. Don't so not hold your breath, son. Well, you know, only I'm only uh, I'm only just in my thirties ish. Still got a chance. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, so obviously,
2: from the England right back, I'll uh, switch our attention to the Republic of Ireland right back and Seamus Coleman. Uh, turned out for Ireland along with uh, James McCarthy and Aidan McGeady uh, they all started uh, the game uh, away in Georgia for the Irish uh, and Ireland came away with 2-1 winners with 2 goals from none other than our own Aidan McGeady
0: Yeah, uh, I watched the, the, that that second goal before and it, I said to you it was, it was like a 5-a-side goal wasn't it? It was just that little bit of a, I don't know I don't even know what it was his McGeady role, whatever he calls it, and then a nice little finish into the far corner. It's just, you know, he's rightly getting all plaudits because it was a world-class finish. So hopefully, you know, we can start doing that a little bit more for Everton because, you know, I don't want to criticise because he's had a good involvement assist and goal-wise in the first three games of the season, but he still doesn't really do it for a lot of fans, does he?
2: yeah I mean it was you know it was a pressure goal by McGeady as well you know that the group the Irish are in it is quite a difficult one Um, you know so they've got the likes of Germany they've got Stevie Naismith and Scotland to play so and even that game away there in Georgia you know it's not a particularly easy place to go to uh, 1-1 a couple of minutes left to go uh, and up steps McGeady so you know he's done the business for the Irish there and he looked good through the game as did Seamus and, and as did Jimmy Mack so uh, Good one out again for the Blues, and luckily it looks like, uh, as with England, all the Everton players that have come through unscathed, which is, you know, my main concern. I would say.
0: Uh, Coleman and McCarthy with assists for McGee there as well, so uh, two uh, two goals made in Everton.
2: Yeah, uh, exactly. So are we having that as Everton two Georgia one, then
0: are we? Why ever not? Um, also, uh, Gibbo got seventy minutes last week for in a, a, a friendly for the Republic of Ireland, uh, and nearly uh, knocked a kid into space with a uh, bit of a naughty challenge, didn't he?
2: Yeah, it was a terrible challenge, which we posted on our uh, Facebook page. Uh, if you're not seeing it, go and have a look and prepare to wince uh, as as Gibbo flies in two footed. Um, I'm surprised he didn't break himself in half because you know he's made the glass so.
0: There you go. You you said that, not me. Anyway, uh, so moving on, Stevie Naismith
2: Stevie Naismith yeah, same group as Islanders as we mentioned before. Um, Scotland with a, a you know an exceptionally tough game away at uh, Dortmund Stadium, uh, away in Germany. Uh, Germany is like homecoming, competitive game after winning the World Cup. Um, you know when everybody had Scotland down for probably an, a bit of a hammering, to be honest. Um, the game started with Flower of Scotland getting played, which, let me tell you, is the best national anthem in the world. I'm an Englishman, and I will say that about Scotland.
0: Well, was it even better than the time we played uh, Russia's for in honour of Andrej Kinchelskis joining our Not Bitter, Just Better Hall of Fame? I thought that was pretty sweet, that national anthem.
2: That is sweet, but it's still not as good as Flower of Scotland. Um, but yeah, as we say, Nate Smith uh, started the game. I think he played about 80 minutes before coming off, uh, just as a tactical change. Uh, decent game. Had a couple of chances, uh, but Scotland actually did very well and uh, it ended up 2 1 to Germany. And, you know, Scotland had chances to, to get something from the game, in you know, all honesty.
0: Yeah, so. All the Blues, so far, representing well. Uh, another one who did was uh, Christian Atsu. Scored a late winner for uh, Ghana against Togo. So,
2: he uh, did, yeah. Um, do, you, do you know anything else about this game other than the fact it was 3-2 and a bit of a far goal, really?
0: I know nothing at all, <laughs> apart from Atsu scored the winner. It's a-
2: I, I know it was a qualifier for the African of Nations, and that's about as much as my knowledge extends.
0: Yeah, well, that's who scored, so he'll it, be coming back on a high as well, so that's all good for the Blues as well, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and uh, another one of our new boys who didn't get the result that they were looking for, uh, Mo Besic played 90 minutes for uh, Bosnia. They got beat 2-1 by Cyprus. Uh, which is a bit of a shock result, really. You look at Bosnia, a couple of good players there, Bessic, Sigeko, uh, you know, a few names you'll have heard of, where Cyprus, I think, is just a team of 11 club 18 to 30s reps.
0: So, Did he uh, Did he try any ridiculous showboats uh, in his own half when he was the last man?
2: Well, by the looks of it, he tried two, and that's how Cyprus probably scored two, but no, I don't know. I don't know. I obviously didn't tune in to Cyprus versus Bosnia.
0: I thought you were on international watch all week, every game. I did I did watch Gibraltar
2: get absolutely whooped by Poland, but there was no Everton players playing in that. So.
0: All right, okay. Uh, so, any others any on the roundup? up um, Well, the
2: only other one, a couple of friendly sort of names that popped up. Uh, Kevin Morales played just over an hour in a friendly against Australia. Uh, And I think the main thing that came from that game is that Tim Cahill has not retired from international football after the World Cup. Uh, Tim Cahill also played 70 minutes in that
0: game. You're a liar. He's a dirty liar. Anyway, Kevin Morales, uh, does that mean he's back in favour with the Belgian coach then? After Slagerov, Jan or whatever he did.
2: He played an hour in that game. He didn't score. Uh, didn't particularly have, you know, a worldy performance as far as I know. So, yeah, it looks like he's back in contention anyway. In a, in a Belgian side that was missing a couple of names, I think. So, so, so there you go. And I think that that pretty much covers all our internationals. I think at the the, the weekend. Obviously, you now Tim Howard's not appearing for America anymore. And, Uh, You know, Silvan Distan's obviously retired from international football, so he won't be getting called up.
0: Um, So, I suppose, I mean, if we're going into the general news, we can start where we left off with the internationals. Uh, Kevin Morales, he's come out over the last few days and um, said that he's had to have a change in mentality in order to uh, reach this world-class form. Um, I'm not sure which world-class form he means. I mean, he's playing well, but is he uh, up there with uh, Ronaldo, is he?
2: So, let me get this straight. He used to think he was world-class when nobody else did. So now he's had the change of mentality, and now he thinks he's world-class when when nobody else really does at the minute. Um, I don't get
0: it. Yeah, well, hopefully, if he he tells himself he is... uh, that many times he might actually become world class, so hopefully he's a good team yeah. for the Blues. Hopefully,
2: you I'm know, not he... going to slack him off. He's had a good start to the season, he's a very good player, he's got the potential to be an even better player, uh, but he's not world class and he's not close to being a world class at the moment. Not, not at the
0: moment, but hopefully he will be because uh, he has. Because you know, he's, if he gets that little bit of bite and just gets the little niggly bits out of his game where he just can't be bothered tracking back and stuff like that. He really could be. So, uh, going back to another player you mentioned there, uh, two of them actually, we, we do them in order. Naismith, Stephen Naismith has said that he's uh, no longer in awe being at Evan and now he realises he belongs at the Blues and, you know, we probably attribute his good start to that feeling like that. Um, and, yeah, it shows, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it does. I think you know. I think he's very close to becoming, you know, a massive cult hero, and has got the potential to be one of the, you know, I, maybe this is a bit of an overreaction by me, but I think he could achieve Tim Cahill's status if he, you know if he keeps going the
0: way he is. I hope so. I I I think he could um, maybe echo more the achievements of like Adrian Heath and players like that. You know, little like players who. Kind of played played in that in the shadow of um, Andy Gray and Graeme Sharp, and you don't automatically think of Adrian Heath do you? but he did a great job forever, and he'll be remembered for you know forever. So he he might come into that kind of role. And ho- hope so because you uh, might even. Yeah, surpass.
2: I mean, sort of whenever I think of a player like that, you know, who, who played in the shadow of some players and, and never got the recognition he truly deserved, I always think of Billy Lefthand.
0: Oh yeah. But yeah, no, you, know, you yeah. didn't need that first part of that sentence to, whenever you think. You should have just stuck with a second half. I always think of Billy Oletinov because that's what you do. Right, it's OK. Yeah, maybe that's where I'm going wrong. <laughs> yeah. uh, another another player we did mention in the International is uh, James McCarthy. Uh, once again, ap- appears close to signing uh, a new five-year deal, which has been on and off, apparently, in the news for months but apparently it's come out now that he will sign this deal are
2: you making this news up i didn't have any of these three stories on my list
0: well you know you've got to find news somewhere haven't you <laughs> uh, but you know, he's got to sign it hasn't he you know i mean i don't know what difference it will make but you know maybe it's just to you know make make him feel like he is wanting. The more high-profile players at the club, because you know he, he's one of those, one of the first names on the uh, team sheet, isn't he? I think the I,
2: I don't I might have done this joke before, but I think the main problem is obviously like
0: having someone who can run around enough to keep up with him while he signed the contract, because he's not going to stand still while he's signing it. Yeah, no, he would probably see a piece of paper there and slide tackle it. So, <laughs> no. Uh, I wonder whether, would that count if he makes a studded mark on the paper? That's enough for a signature, isn't it? That'll do. Yeah, that'll do,
2: yeah.
0: Um, what What have you got next, then, if, I, if you think my news stories are there, plucked from thin air?
2: I think the most interesting news story probably of the last week has been uh, the fact that Everton played a behind closed door friendlies. We're starting to get a you know quite a lot of these coming through, aren't we? With the preseason a uh, couple of games that we did, and, and we played Stoke this week at Finch Farm. Uh, it was a, a game that you know a number of well-known players played in. Uh, I believe Charlie Adam got it a bit naughty and and, and got hauled off before he, he, he injured someone for Stoke. Uh, But it was a game that Everton won 3-0. And I think that the the best part of this whole game was the fact that Aruna Kone and Brian Oviedo both
0: played uh, just under an hour in the game. Uh, Am I right in thinking that Kone got a goal and the others were Browning and someone? I don't don't know about the other one.
2: I believe so. V Iverian reports came out of the game. I mean on the day I got told we won four 0 and Eto had scored and I think you were different goal scorers. So there's been there's there's been confirmation from Roberto Martinez that the game took place and that Oviedo played and Kone played, but I don't think there's been any official confirmation of the goal scorers but um you know, I'm ninety nine percent sure that Kone got one and then I think the the two goal scorers you mentioned there are probably the most likely.
0: Uh, for the, the 3-0 win yes. Yeah, so with playing these closed door friendlies how far off does that really make them to the first team for consideration because Lukaku played in one then played the next week I can't see Kone and Oviedo being that close can you? well I don't know
2: I mean I think potentially the, the biggest hurdle of them getting back in and playing full games is uh, if anyone actually opens the doors again to let them out of Finch Farm
0: yeah? What?
2: Well, you know, obviously, if they're stuck behind closed doors, they're not going to have a key, are they?
0: Right, very slow on that one. Maybe just because it was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, another point. I mean, you know, if they're playing an hour, and by the sounds of it, it was a fairly competitive game if, you know, Charlie Adams going round two footing people. So, I, you know, I, I don't think they're probably that far. They must both be now. In some
0: sort of full training, so I, I, I'm thinking, you know, maybe two, three weeks away. That that should be good, because um, we've also got Stephen Pina's back in training, and um, Ross Barkley uh, has can. Conf- well, it's come out that he's ahead of schedule. Uh, Roberto's come out in the news today, and apparently, uh, you had some exclusive insight before Roberto came out, and you were going to break the news to us, weren't you? Because. Uh, <laughs> Yeah.
2: Yeah, I can't obviously go into too much detail about this, but uh, a mate of mine who, who you know doesn't I know well doesn't make these things up uh, actually spoke one on one face to face with Ross Barkley uh, at the weekend, and, and Ross was saying that he expects to be back in in less than a month, so you know 28 days, four weeks away maybe. So uh, good news. Ross was in good spirits, uh, seemed very happy, uh, and, and you know
0: seem to be doing well in his recovery. That'd be a great boost, imagine. You know, if Kone, Oviedo and Barkley started coming back in, we've got Gibbo back in, have got Pienaar coming back in, you know, having a proper squad again, it um, be nice to have those players available. Uh, just going back to another player I mentioned then, again, uh, Stephen Pienaar took over the Everton Twitter this week, and there were loads of inane questions, uh, but some of the, the, the picks of the answers were who was the most skillful player you played alongside? Who, who I don't know, who, who else who could be in consideration there? Uh, Billy Letonoff,
2: obviously.
0: Yeah, I, th- I thought you might say that. What about Jags? Nice <laughs> sc- uh, maybe maybe not, no, not for
2: skilful. Scorpion um,
0: kick here and there, you know? Uh,
2: I think, you know, you're probably looking at a forward player or a, a midfielder. Um I know the answer, so I don't really want to, you know, throw that out there, but it I think it it's one that you would probably uh Could he have picked himself? Uh, he could have, but it would have been Kevin Morales big headedness personified. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um but he did in the end, he chose uh Michael Arteta, our old mate. Um so I don't know. Would you? I, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's any any real competition. But you wouldn't. Didn't really think of Arteta as that skillfully He was more of a playmaker, wasn't he? No, skillful is one of them subjective things, isn't it? I mean,
2: if you're just going purely on skillful, you could possibly say somebody like Delphayu, for instance. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he was skillful, but he wasn't particularly effective that's a difference isn't it Skillful and, and effective So he could have said um, that he could have said strength well yeah you could have but that would have been an even worse suggestion than Billy enough. <laughs> um, you know I suppose Arteta might have done things in training that we didn't really get to see in a match so fair enough yeah I, you know
0: yeah I can see why he said it the other um. The other thing was, what's uh, the best words you've heard since he's been at Everton, since he's uh, his, his best scouts term he's learned? And do you know what that one was? I don't know
2: the answer to this. Uh, I'm going to go for, I don't know, your
0: proper boss or something. Yeah, no, yeah, I, no I thought it'd be something like that. Or Lid, or Jag, or jibby, or Sack It Off, Lads, or something like that. But he chose Crimbo. How boring. Crimbo. I didn't even realise Crimbo was Scouts. I thought everybody said it. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah,
0: no, I agree. Yeah, surprising one, not, but maybe he just really likes Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, we'll just go back again to... Uh, you're going to tell us about this, this advert that uh, Arteta was in because I haven't seen it yet.
2: Oh, no, it's just... It's so embarrassing. I mean, obviously, it's one—it's one of those situations where, because of what the advert's for, you don't really want to criticise it. It's—you know—the advert is obviously to promote, you know, uh, anti-homophobia, basically, just to make people aware of homophobia and to try and kick it out uh, of, of football and to encourage, you know, possible gay players to to be able to to come out, etc. Uh, it's to promote uh, these rainbow-coloured laces that some of the players wore in the, in the boots last season. However, the, the the advert features Arsenal players, basically saying what they can't help doing. So it starts off, and you know, I think it's trying to point out that you can't help being gay, basically. So it starts off with Theo Walcott, and he says something along the lines of, "I can't help looking like Lewis Hamilton." And then Oxalade Chamberlain comes on and says, I can't help looking like a teenage mutant ninja tear. Oh, I caught that bit, that's the only bit I caught of it. Go on. And then Arteta comes on, spraying himself with hairspray, saying, I can't help if my hair is perfecto. Right. Up. At this point, I was cringing, only for it to be surpassed by Gerude with not an on. Saying, looking at the camera, saying, I can't help if I'm gorgeous, and at that point I just thought, how is this helping the stereotyping of homosexuals in football? I just don't get it, and it is so cringeworthy. I'm just so glad it wasn't Everton players.
0: Yeah, I mean, Everton players last year were the, were the first, uh, you know, to don these rainbow laces in support of the campaign, uh, and I suppose. It's a Paddy Power campaign, isn't it? So they, they try and do things uh, tongue-in-cheek uh, just to get, you know, uh, awareness through through humour. Um, well, I, I can't...
2: Maybe I'm just missing the irony of it. Maybe I'm just, you know... But I just thought it was just a particularly poly-made advert.
0: Well, footballers aren't the best actors at the best of times, are they? Unless they're rolling around on a football pitch, then actually in front of a camera you never really know what to do, do they? There's like proper stage fright. Uh, so maybe just that was, the, that was the best they could do with a bad bunch.
2: Yeah, you never know.
0: Um, other news, I uh, crossed the Ross one off. Uh, Louis Sahar has uh, said in the news that he expects Lukaku to benefit a lot from uh, having Samuel Eto'o at the club. It's still weird saying that, isn't it? an Etu at Everton, yeah, it is still weird. Uh, yeah, I think you
2: know, uh, tw- you can do nothing but benefit from it. Can he having that experience and, and that chitlidge? So yeah, I- you know, I agree. Thanks for pointing out the
0: obvious, Louis. <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> if that was the best you could come up with, I'd, you know, next time I'd save save me interview fee, whatever it is that he got. Um, uh, some. Players, well, including Lukaku, expected to be fit, uh, and some of them, some carrying knocks. Uh, it kind of goes into pre-match territory here. Uh, but apparently, Osman and uh, Etu have doubts for the game. But Lukaku, who was a doubt because he missed the Belgium game, uh, is now expected to be fit. So, it'd be nice to have uh, Etu available, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, it would. I mean, you know. Lukaku's obviously had this toe injury right away from, from the start of the season, so he's looked like he's going to need the rest. And I thought maybe it might come in this game, give him a couple of weeks on the back of the international break uh, and give better a start, but that's looking like it's not going to be possible now if Samuel's picked up enough.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be a shame. Uh, having one of the two is essential, though, isn't it? I mean, we've got super Stevie Nace with uh, up front, uh, but we do need that extra option, that extra uh, target man up there or, you know, that extra outlet, if it's in the case of Etu. Um So, fingers crossed on that one. Uh, did you cover cleverly before? I can't remember if you mentioned them, did you mention them in the internationals?
2: Because- no, I just mentioned them off air before, before we started recording. Um, obviously, in the news this week, Martinez has been out and you know, confirmed that Everton did attempt to sign Mr. cleverly uh, on transfer deadline day, uh, so there was definite interest from the club. Uh, the, we were put off purely by the fact that he wanted 70 grand a week, and I, I wouldn't budge on his wages, which we weren't prepared to pay. So uh, that's the reason that deal fell through, and and obviously Tom signed. You know, 12 hours after the
0: deadline for Aston Villa. So Roberto's also come out and added to that. That um. He's not concerned that he missed out on the deal, and he's since said, I don't know whether this is just like a little bit of a, ah, fuck you kind of thing, oop, F-bomb again, Um, that he's not not concerned about it, and any of those deals that we were close to on deadline day uh, would have been a bit hasty, and he's glad that they didn't go through, so, you know, you think that
2: is, is? That just, is that one of those things where you try and do something and then you don't do it and you go, nah, I didn't want to do it anyway? Yeah. Like, I, think, being
0: I, a kid and I like, think it might be, yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, so, a couple more bits of news. Uh, we did bring a player in this week, Fraser Hornby uh, from Northampton apparently, Town. Apparently he goes like a train. Yeah, 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 I have heard. Yeah, um, from Northampton Town, a fifteen-year-old kid, and it was part of. I haven't heard the, heard of this before. The EP. What L- you've never heard of the EPPP? Not like that. Not not in those terms. No. The elite it's, it's... player performance plan. I've never yeah. heard of it. I've never heard of it worded like that. It sounds like a diet to me. The elite player performance plan, yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying there. Uh, what, 65,500 quid, so just around what we pe- uh, paid for Seamus Coleman, uh, minus the bag of trackies. Uh, could yeah,
2: that, that initial fee can rise though up to a possible total of 1.3 million, depending on appearances and if he wins the league and the Champions League and becomes, I don't know, the Ballon d'Or winner or something, but yeah, potentially it can go up to somewhere in the region of 1.3 million, which when you think about this lad being 15, uh, he must be a decent prospect to potentially want to pay that money for him. Well, yeah,
0: maybe 65 grand. And if he's rubbish, then... It's just another player than the under-18s for a while, is it? So I suppose not much to lose. He's probably going to be on about five at a week or something, pocket money. So, I um, don't know, nothing to lose there. Uh, have you got any other, other little snippets of news? Yeah, just a few
2: little
0: things,
2: really, um, you know, obviously with us being... Our podcast being a worldwide phenomenon, that it is. I uh, just want to mention that, you know, it looks like uh, support for the Blues over in, in America is, is growing exponentially. Do you
0: like that word? I thought it was exponentially. That's what I said. <laughs> I thought you said pod. Anyway, yeah, I do like it. It's a, it's a good word, that. Get your loads of points in Scrabble.
2: It would, but you wouldn't have enough letters to put down, would you? So don't be stupid. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it, it looks like the number of uh, Everton supporters, clubs over in the state, is, is, is growing. Uh, and it, uh, there's some sort of study been done, and we are the fastest-growing club in America,
0: which can only be good uh, revenue-wise. Is it all on the basis of Tim Howard being the next American president? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, some other bit, little bits, uh, Neville Selfo, been talking about Roberto this week and one of the things he said is um, he will he thinks he will definitely win a trophy for the Blues uh, so nice words from Nev uh, Yeah he's also said
2: that he thinks Martinez is the, is the best manager since since Howard Kendall
0: More nice words isn't it? I mean I suppose Moyes did a good job for 11 years uh, but he's kind of forgotten about is isn't he and uh, he he's probably going to disappear from Everton history because of the fact he didn't win anything. So hopefully Roberto can put that right pretty quick in his Everton tenure and then go on and lead us to more great things.
2: Uh, what we should say at this point is uh, if anybody would like to question Neville on his point of view on this matter, uh, then he can come to the players' lounge and, and sit there with ourselves uh, and, and speak to Neville. Uh, we've got an, we're hosting an evening with Neville Southall, uh, and it's the day after the Wolfsburg game. So it's that Friday the
0: nineteenth.
2: It is, uh, and I think tickets are twenty five
0: pounds. I think, and that includes uh, all your drink for the evening as well. So uh, bargain price. All your drink for the evening and a sit down with Neville Southall. Twenty five nigger. Twenty five squid. Bargain. Can't argue with that. Um, no, and uh, he's always dry, always a uh, good sense of humour, uh, always takes the piss out of Paul, <laughs> which is worth a little few bob in itself. Um, so, yeah, just one, one more final one from me uh, is about this uh, the official club trip to Krasnodar. Uh, loads of Stupid hack newspapers jumping on board. They're saying there wasn't enough interest from Evertonians in keeping the uh, keeping this trip on, so that they can so they, they cancelled it. And Ever- Evertonians been a disgrace back in Europe for the first time, and uh, they're not even willing to go and support the club. Well, it was actually cancelled because their official flight partner Thomas Cook couldn't get any flights to Russia. Uh, around that date, and that's why it was cancelled. I'm sure many blues will be going through other means. I'm sure many blues will be driving the whole way if, the, if need be. Uh, so, stupid newspapers, keep your stupid news stories to yourself, uh, and get off the blues' backs. So,
2: I've got two points on this story. One, I've been loads of copites taking the piss out of this. Yeah. Two things for we've for any copites that wanna take the piss. Have a look at the Everton end when we played Liege. Then go and have a look at the Liverpool end when Liverpool played Liege uh, the, the following year and compare the two. And the second one is, you took 14 fans to West Ham, so don't even go there about Russia. The second point on this is, I think you're going to find that this game never even takes place in Russia and it ends up getting played in Cyprus and there'll be about 5,000
0: Evertonians there. Yeah, good. Um, well, that wrap, wraps up news from me. Have you got any more to add?
2: Just one little thing, really. I just wanted to uh, obviously say congratulations to uh, an ex-Blue, and that's uh, AJ, Andy Johnson. He's been uh, given another chance, another shot at the Premier League, uh, given a short-term contract to January with Crystal Palace. So, uh, hopefully he gets, uh, does well, scores a few goals, just uh, not past us.
0: Yeah, definitely not past us. Maybe a few against the Red Shite again, just to, uh, you know, echo... Previous achievements in that A J Derby, I'll be bossed I wouldn't seen that on match today again. Doing his little A celebration, running away.
2: Yeah, he'd be loving it as well because he hates them as much as we do. well his kids are blues, aren't they? So, yeah, yeah. He's
0: a blue You know, he come
2: out and said obviously, you know, the club touched him. So
0: that's it. Uh, I just found one more final bit and used the uh, the squad numbers. And you know, the official squad was announced for the uh, for the league this this year. Uh, I can't make head and the tail of it. We've got 23 in the squads with home. Didn't
2: we, didn't we cover this last week, that last week? Oh, is
0: this the European squad? I, I, I can't. I don't know. I can't work it out. It's 23 players with uh, with homegrown status, and then a load of nos and yeses next to them. So does that mean they haven't got homegrown status? And then uh, all the 20, under 21 players were also available. You've got Ross Barkley in there, and you've got Lukaku in there. Um, so, do they count towards your squad of 25 or not? I don't get it.
2: I've got no idea. I don't even know what you're looking at.
0: Um, but we do learn some uh, funny middle names. I'm not sure if we covered this before. Uh, what is Phil Jagielka's middle name?
2: I think we have covered this one. Uh, I can't remember that.
0: Nico Den. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: I do remember that. It was something really strange and fodden. Uh, what is Kevin Morales, full name? Kevin, my hair is Perfecto Morales.
0: Close. It is Kevin Antonio, Kevin Antonio Joel Gislay Morales E. Castillo. Joel? <laughs> yeah, Joel's in there in the middle somewhere. Uh, one more. Where are we? Do you think, do you think he can catch a ball then Morales, or...? He's probably better than Neil, uh, our sub-goalie, yeah? Uh, one more. What's Oviedo's full name?
2: Brian, I want your babies. I love you. You are the best, Oviedo.
0: Uh, no, Brian. Kozu Oviedo Jimenez. How many names nice. do these players want? In fact, you know, I said one more. We'll do one more again. Christian Atsu. Er... Uh... No, do Christian Atou Twazam. Twazam. the way you said that, then. Twazam. <laughs> right. Okay. Oh, yeah, there's loads more we can go go through, but uh, I'm sure that's pretty boring <laughs> anyway. So, Everton news of the week. Bloody hell. Considering there was no game, uh, there was a fair bit to talk about there. So, uh, we'll leave our Everton news there and have a listen to our social media links and get involved, get in touch with us, get on our show, get your views heard and, you know, even send us a voice clip if you want. Here's the links. This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC Not Bitter, Just Better. Or you can find us on Twitter at just better efc. Right, so there's our social media links, Uh, as I add every week. Uh, We are also on Instagram, not very active at the moment, and I still promise I will try and get it going. I just can't get into it, like I said last week. I just think it's because I'm not a hipster 18-year-old kid with uh, shaved sides and a quiff like Mark. Mark should be the one getting into this, but I can't work it out. So uh, We're still on there, though, so go follow, and I'll put the odd picture up. Which will be where the life I'm or? I'm still trying. I'm
2: still trying to work out whether that was an insult or a backhanded
0: compliment. <laughs> I'm not saying your hipster, I'm just saying you got shaved hair and a quiff. All
2: right. Okay. My hair is perfect,
0: uh, Also, we are we have a YouTube channel, which we do generally put match previews out. I don't know how that's going to work out because we've got are going to have all these international, uh, not international, all these Europa fixtures and League Cup fixtures, so on top of the league games. So we will we, we'll streamline that or maybe try and get them all into a little uh, YouTube preview. Um, and we're also on the YNFA app. Uh, so many opportunities for you to go and listen to us or go and check us out or interact with us on social media. And we always like to hear from you. Uh, one such person who uh, gets in touch and um, has become a bit of a regular feature now uh, and you're going to tell us a little bit more about him, aren't you, Mark?
2: Am I? We just bit <laughs> up a time again. Thanks for dropping me in there. Uh, well, we're obviously talking about our wo- sorry, not wo- Welsh friend Carl, who lives in Australia. Um, I think today he's got a very informative piece about a uh, Welshman, I
0: believe. Yeah, uh, he certainly has. Uh, Much more informed than the drivel we talk about. Um, I mean, not saying that Evan's drivel. I think he's just done his research more than we have.
2: Well, to be fair to him, you know, what else is there to do in Australia? You know, he obviously sits there in, like, some sort of dusty house in the middle of the outback all week, uh, drinking fosters and eating prawns. And you know, there's nothing else to do in Australia, is there, except read about Everton and do some research? Prawns! I thought it was shrimp. Well, yes, prawns, shrimp, it's the same thing. Have I made, have I talked enough rubbish yet to get to the end of the home and away team or not?
0: I think we have. Here we go. Take it away, Carl.
1: Hey guys, Carl from Sydney here. Hope you're well. Um, shame there's no uh, premiership this weekend, so uh, I'm going to put all my focus on the mighty Welsh team who uh, brought brought home a victory on <laughs> last night or this morning or however, wherever you live. Um, yeah, so we won 2-1 in Andorra, and I'm sure that's what everybody was. Uh, Focusing on this last week and uh, nothing to do with Wayne Rooney or England. Um, so looking at the Welsh in general, i um, just having a quick look at the history books here. And um, yeah, I just wanted to run through a few uh, famous Welsh uh, Evertonians over the years. Obviously the first one that springs to mind is Neville Southall, absolute legend, um, ex binman from uh, right where I used to live. My favourite player growing up without a doubt. Um, 92 caps for Wales, got uh, 578 appearances for Everton. Um, he won two leagues, won two FA Cups um, and four Charity Shields, whether that means anything, and obviously the European Cup Winners' Cup, legend. Second highest capped, um, so he's the highest capped Wales player of all time. Second highest capped Welsh player was Gary Speed, um, and he actually died when he was the manager of Wales. Um, 85 caps, and he got 58 appearances for Everton. Left under a shroud um, of mystery. Never really said his reasons for leaving Everton. Massive uh, blue. Used to kick a ball with um, Kevin Ratcliffe and deliver his newspapers as a kid. So uh, third on my list would be Kevin Ratcliffe. Absolute hero. Captain of Everton won pretty much what Southall did. Um, 59 caps and uh, 348 games for Everton. Next one to note I've put here is Barry Horn. Um, he obviously won the FA Cup in 95 got the goal against Wimbledon that we'll all remember he got 59 caps and 123 games for the Toffees next one I wanted to mention was Roy Taffy Vernon Um, Played up front with Alec Young, the Golden Vision, and won the league in 62-63. He he played 200 games for Everton and scored 111 goals. Doesn't get much better than that. Heavy smoker off the field. Uh, Used to have a a, a cigarette before the game in the tunnel and usually straight after. Renowned for having a big nose. and LeBone used to call him um, Pinocchio. Um, Absolute legend. Uh, Sadly passed away. Um, But uh, yeah, used to be known. Um, for having a bet as well <laughs> uh, and then the obvious other ones to to note really from my generation, Psycho Pat Pat Van Den Haal, definitely Belgium and Huta Cockney somehow managed to get 13 caps for Wales and played for the Mighty Blues through the 80s and got 135 appearances for it uh, Mark Pembo Pembridge and Simon Davis both got 58 caps Pembo played more games for Everton uh, 101, where Davis got 45. Um, John Oster, I've never said about him, he managed to get 13 caps, but he's played for Everton 40 times, believe it or not. And then a few others that were really before my time were Die Davis, Mickey Thomas, to name a few. So that's my rundown on all things Welsh um, and all things Everton. Going into this weekend, I really, really think that we're going to stuff West Brom. I think it's going to be... Um, you know, a, a really big result as, as far as we're concerned. I think we're long overdue to give again. Uh, sorry, a, a team of Stephen. Really looking forward to hearing you guys, you guys' opinion. Hope you don't talk about Wayne Rooney for too long, uh, or England for that matter. Come on, you Blues.
0: Okay. Cheers, Carl. Nice little look back at uh, fond memories of Evertonians and their uh, and uh, Welsh connection there. Uh, obviously, I, know,
2: I, I I really enjoyed that piece then.
0: I, you know what he said. One of his fav—well, his favorite player growing up. Uh, you know, he, he had particular reason because he was from the same town as him. Uh, uh, Neville Southall. He was my favorite player growing up as well. And um, you know, what can you say about the big man? We've already talked about him once today on the podcast. Just an absolute legend. And you know, I wish. You know, we've got these players associated with the club again. I just wish we could get him back in some kind of coaching capacity because I think learning from the greatest goalkeeper of all time how can you go wrong no I
2: agree
0: 100% you've gone a bit quiet there Mark and you uh... sorry just uh, right
2: okay are we going to have a look at some of the questions we put out on Facebook and Twitter and the likes this week
0: yeah talked a little bit about it Carl kind of talked about a little bit about the West Brom game which we're going to cover in a sec but one of the questions we put out this week uh, was, how would you, if we could bring back one centre back to command our defence and basically sort our defence out of our past in their prime? Who would it be? So
2: yeah, uh, the first one we got was uh, you know there was a couple of names I expected to, to get back straight away, and they do feature, but you know. The one that we got first, it didn't even cross my mind. And I'll say uh, John Hitchmo, who suggests Richard Gough.
0: That's an interesting one though, because we didn't get Richard Gough in his prime. So Richard Gough in his prime, you know, was a player, wasn't he? You know, he was good. He was good when he played for us, but you know, when he was still, you know, proper good, he was proper good. So that's an interesting choice. But like you said, it's not the first one we'd think of as Blues. So, yeah, interesting one from John.
2: Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a few shots there for, you know, one of the obvious ones, one of the ones I expected to see. Uh, the likes of Ian Hughes, Lee Evans, uh, Joe Pierce, uh, John Porter. They all go for uh, none other than Kev the Rat. Uh, you know, Kevin Ratcliffe to Marshall after fence.
0: Yeah, bitter Blue on Twitter at Nick Willow for EFC as said Kev the Rat also we've got a few more on, a few more on Twitter just before we go on there at Drew1878 also said Richard Goff though as well, so interesting
2: yeah uh, my choice uh, is also echoed by uh, Alan Parris uh, and uh, I think a few other people as well uh, Mike McClafferty uh, you know they go with uh, the greatest of them all, really, Brian Labone. Uh, in my opinion, the, the greatest centre half the club's ever had. Uh, he sort it. He'd sort them right out.
0: Yeah, there's a few more. John John Hind, uh, who sits in front of us at the match, he said Labone before my time, and another one that features heavily, Dave Watson during my time so a few others also agree with uh, Davey Watson Maria Hugo um, Stephen Carter George at George P EFC Waggy so Dave Watson as well you know the the usual the usual suspects keep popping up Watson's in there there's a few random ones like Matarazzi and Heitinger which I think is for comedy value
2: there's a few decent shots in there though. I mean Joe Sweeney goes for Alan Stubbs Chris Bell says, you know, Davey Weir. Uh, you know, Richard Aspie says Jags. You know, I, I, that sounds like it's a joke answer, but when you think about it, uh, Jags, when he's playing at his best and, and, and you know, not making these silly mistakes, it, it's exactly what we need.
0: Yeah, I disagree with that. Uh, Tony Towers, uh, him, definitely two comedy answers here. Carl Tyler, remember him? Or pair calls up, everybody remembers him.
2: Yeah, so obviously, uh, I don't think uh, we're going to be signing Pierre calls up or Carl Tide at any time soon to, to come in and, and, and rescue a Defence. defence. I asked another question a bit earlier on in a week along similar lines, and that was if you had the choice, would you swap uh, Morales and Pinar for? Mid nineties wing duo Limpar and Kachelskas. Now, the criteria of this question was that you couldn't pick or choose; it had to be both for both.
0: Uh, when 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 should we give our answers on this? Go on. While I get up some answers, you tell me your thoughts. I would. I'd have Limpar and Kachelskas. Uh, Limpar's passing when he was on song and skill were amazing and Kinchelskis is the best player I've seen in my lifetime at, at Everton uh, and I'm, I'm sure I am not alone uh, I mean say, well say my lifetime I mean my, my times since supporting Everton uh, you know going to all the games which is 22 years so I'd go with yes I'd swap them in a heartbeat Yeah I mean my thoughts my I, I was quite surprised at this
2: really because I was Looking through the team at 95, and I was thinking, you know, would you, would you bring Watson in now over our centre-halves? And the answer was probably yes. You know, would you bring Unsworth in probably into central defence? Probably, at the minute, the way the defenders are playing. Yeah, you would. Would you would you take a Duncan Ferguson in his prime over Lukaku at the minute? Yeah, you probably would. So, I mean, I was starting to get to the point where I was thinking... Was the
0: team in 95 better than our team, no? No. Our full-backs, we didn't have decent fullbacks. I mean, Andy Inchcliffe Clifford whip in a corner, but, you know, and Matt Jackson was decent. Uh, but where the we were nowhere near Coleman and Baines. I don't think Unsworth is anywhere near as good as Distant or Jags, uh, although I loved Unsworth as a player. But he played in between centre-back and left-back, you know, flipped between the two and he, he got... Open in a
2: current system, so does this dan in a way.
0: Yeah, I suppose, yeah. And he got his one he got his one England cap as a centre-back as well, Unsworth as well, didn't he? So, But I don't think... I wouldn't swap... I wouldn't go for that one because I don't think Unsworth is anywhere near as good, although Watson is that completely stick-his-head in front of the ball at 100 miles an hour type of defender that I think we're missing and he's got that You know, that influence that we're missing at the moment, where you can just completely marshal that defence and you don't want to argue him because he looks hard. So I think we're missing that.
2: Right, going back to the actual question then, uh, Paul Hughes says yes, he would swap them uh, just about and and purely because Kinchelskis was pure class.
0: Yep, can't argue.
2: Um, a lot. What a lot of people wanted to do, which wasn't the question I asked, was swap Kanchelskis for Pina, but keep Morales. Oh, yeah, so we to have Morales
0: on the left, Kanchelskis on the right. Well, that makes so it. That wasn't that, that makes it a, an easy question, which doesn't really spark much debate. That's just like yes, 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 yes. That's not very interesting, really, is it?
2: Exactly. Ian Hughes said I'd swap them both just for Kanchelskis.
0: Well, I I I probably would as well. I don't think people. I think Kinchelskis in this team, with this passing ability and the quality we've got, just one ball over the top. No matter how hard, Kinchelskis just made everything into a good ball. He was just that good, that direct. Yeah, I'd do it. I'd swap them both for one for Kinchelskis.
2: Mark Bagnall
0: takes it to an even higher level and says, "I'd swap Peter Beagrie for peanut if it meant getting Konchesky's bath." Yeah, I You'd loved Peter, Peter Beagrie. Yeah, <laughs> I remember me and Paul. Um, it was the, the days before mobile phones. I'm not sure if I told this story before. Days before mobile phones, and when Peter Beagrie uh, left in um, I can't remember what, 1994 or whatever it was. Uh, this, this, just before. Just before the season of the Wimbledon game, Peter Beagley got sold for 1.1 million. And we brought in Anders Limpa for 1.6 million. And Anders didn't really settle. So we didn't really like him that much at first. And also because he re- replaced our, our hero. We got home from, home from school and on the phone to each other. I'm oh, oh, Peter <laughs> And um, yeah, so we were pretty much Limpar haters that first season until he went over in the box and uh, won us that penalty in, in the Wimbledon game.
2: Do you remember when you were fourteen and had the world's worst moustache because you were trying to be
0: Peter Biggs? That's just because I couldn't shave. <laughs> you know, <I'll> ask. <laughs> <laughs> at least at least I've ever I've had a hair on my face at one point in my life. <laughs> um, yes, yeah,
2: so I, I I definitely swap. It. I would swap peanut Limpar, Kinchelskis and Manalas for Billy Letanoff. Yeah, I knew that. I, I'm just
0: gonna tell you. I'm just gonna throw it out there. I knew that was going
2: there then. Um, so just
0: what? Billy Drente? <laughs> <laughs> no, I
2: wouldn't. My love, my love for Billy Letanoff is matched only by my hatred for Royston Drent.
0: Yeah, I hate that prick. Um, so, any more answers for us? Because I can't even find the question. <laughs>
2: Uh, well, I say that the majority of them wanted wanted to cheat and keep Morales and Kinselowski. So at that point, I saw me I saw me backside and said and took me ball home and stopped reading the answers basically.
0: Okay, um, so the other question, I mean, we didn't really touch on anyone's answers from Un, uh, for Unsworth and um, Unsworth and Watson for Jackson Jackson Distan. Uh, <sighs> I don't know. I mean, a lot of people said yeah, didn't they? And I I, I just can't see it. I can't see it myself. It's very... I don't know. Memories are very short on that. You know, we all know that Jags and Distal have had a bad start to the season. But
2: would you just shift them out? You don't become terrible players in three games, do you? Let's face it.
0: No. So I, I definitely wouldn't swap that one. Uh, just before we go on though I just want a, a nice little story uh, about you know the players that you bring back um, oh we forgot to mention Mick Lyons was in there as well But Ian Lucas has said Dave Watson with many exclamation marks after the game when he's about 80 he went to the car park to get some autographs as you do when you're a kid and he went up to Watson to get his autograph with his wife and daughter and picked him up and got his wife to take a photo of us so he's a legend in his eyes and you know Watson he was a great club captain and he'd do stuff like that when he, and he's still on, on a circuit is he coaching up at Newcastle now? I think he's doing
2: something I think it was scouting or something possibly
0: but yeah he, he was at Newcastle he's another one we'd love to have back in, you know, in somehow involved in a club but I, I just don't know any places they're going to be for uh, ex-players so yeah so social media aspect of of, uh, of the show done uh, so, we've got a game to look forward to.
2: We have got a game, and more importantly, we are both going as we say and looking forward to our first away trip of the season. Obviously, we didn't get down to Leicester, and um, we're going to the Hawthorns.
0: Yes, and we went a few years ago, and it's a nice little, uh, nice little ground, wasn't it? And yeah, nice I think lo- I've been three or
2: four times there now. It's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's one of those grounds that it's a bit of a tin shed, I think. Uh, right, slap bang in the middle of like a, an industrial estate. There's not particularly a lot to do in the area, but there is a a, a boozer down the road that lets the away fans in, and and you know you can you can have a bevvy and you can you can get into the game like nice
0: and easily Nice little back and forth sing song as well, and you know you don't really get any aggro in there, do you? It's good, uh, good little atmosphere down there. Yeah, yeah. It's all right.
2: So, so um, looking forward to the game. It's a Saturday, three o'clock kickoff, um, and you know. You look at the start; the two clubs have made and, and, and they're pretty similar at the moment. Both Everton and West Brom
0: are on two points. Yeah, and it's going to be a bit of a reunion. We've got uh, obviously Lukaku, who was on loan at West Brom before he joined us on loan last season. We've got Alan Irvine, uh, former Blues player and member of staff there. Um, you know, in his first meeting against us, isn't it? Because he's managed other clubs but never really managed against us. Uh, and also uh, a former Everton player who could be making his debut after signing in the summer. Julian Lescott looks like he, he's in line to make his uh, first star for West Brom. You're not forgetting somebody. Uh, probably. Uh, uh, who am I forgetting? Victor on the TV. Victor on the TV. Oh yeah. Oh God, that's. Uh, I hope that's not a. Um, not going to come back to jinx us or haunt us there. Um, Hopefully, you know, we talked about Lukaku or Etu or both being fit. It looks like Naismith will probably keep his place, I'd say, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah, I would suggest so. You know, he's he's been pretty much Everton's player of the season so far, hasn't he? Three goals, three games. Uh, You can't sort of drop him when he's provided such a goal threat. So, yeah, I think at the minute he's, he's the first
0: name on the team sheet. Yeah, so I can't see, that there won't be any changes in goal, obviously, the back four, can, can you see any change in the back four, is he going to break it up or do you think he's had these two weeks to work work on it and try and um, sort it out?
2: Stones has got to be pushing for the place, I mean, you know, he's done nothing wrong for England, um, it's a difficult one, isn't it, I mean, do you, how long do you stick with this Dan and Jackie Elka for before you do make that change, um, you know, if they can see another two or three this weekend, uh, he's going to start getting criticism, isn't he, for not, for not putting stones in? So I'm 50 50 at the moment. I don't know. I think you might see uh, any two of the three at centre half.
0: Which out of those three is your favourite pairing for this game?
2: I hope for this game we'll go with stones and distant.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I, I don't think he will. I think he'll stick with stones, uh, sorry, uh, jags and distant. For this game, because I think he will have spent a lot of time trying to sort this out. Maybe this, you know, closed-door friendly or might have been trying to shore the defence up. I don't know. You might have seen the team sheet, but I I can't see him not working on that for the past two weeks because that's the main thing that's, you know, doing us in at the moment. So, you know, trying to get those boys' confidence back.
2: the most interesting question going into this game is probably who starts uh, on the two wings for Everton. Uh, you know, obviously, is back in training, back in contention. Uh, Morales has obviously been doing well, but but McGee, is he, is he really going to be pushing for after his performance for Ireland? And then obviously you've got Atu as well, who could make his first start.
0: Yeah, no, it's a good point that, um, you know, if, if Lukaku doesn't make it, or if Atu doesn't make it, I mean, even against you know, we we had those two tough games, Chelsea and Arsenal, where we were playing a four three three formation uh, or a four five one. If you want to look at it that way, uh, are we going to go to West Brom and play that same formation? Because I, I can't see it. I think it's going to be more like a four four one one formation with probably you know Naismith up top. Morales behind. If Lukaku doesn't make it, or Lukaku up top and Naismith behind, pushing up into a four-four-two. I can't see. I can't see it going any other way. I really can't see a four-three-three. Can you?
2: No, I wouldn't have thought so. I I do think Lukaku. I think either Lukaku or Eta one of the two will play. You see, so I do think it'll be pretty much the same as what we've seen so far formation-wise. You know, Naismith playing the number ten role behind either Eto or Lukaku and then obviously a couple of wide men um, I think probably because of the travelling that he's, he, he, he's been involved in, I don't think Atsu will start the game uh, so you're probably looking at Morales on one side and then it's just a case a straight fight between Megidi and Pinar who's going to be probably Megidi I, I would have thought you would probably want to give Pinar maybe 20 minutes or so
0: if he's coming back from
2: this, uh, this muscle injury.
0: The problem is there though Morales and McGeady are both really competing for the right wing, aren't they? Only, Megidi, um, only PNR can really offer that left hand slot. Uh, yeah, well,
2: I mean, you know, all our wide players can play both sides, can't they? So I think there'll be a bit of interchange between McGeady and Morales. I think they will start those two of them.
0: Do you think there's any danger of uh, Barry and McCarthy being split up yet? They received the first criticisms, you know, as a partnership uh, over the, you know, over the last couple of games, saying he didn't protect the defence enough. Do you think there's any danger of Bessage or Gibson coming in just yet?
2: I don't think there's any chance of them being split up uh, for performance reasons. But you know, you look at whether McCarthy has been. I, I'm not 100% sure McCarthy's been fully fit so far this season, and then um, he's obviously played. Uh, you know, for Ireland, through the week, play, played in a difficult game, difficult away trip to Georgia. I could see, you know, maybe given Bessage a start just to try and lift his, lift his confidence after that nightmare touch he had, you know, against Chelsea. So I, I wouldn't be surprised maybe if Bessage got a start over McCarthy in this game.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, McCarthy... We would never drop him because you know he's still you know even if he didn't protect the defense as well as he normally does, he still every time he goes out, he's still one of our better players. So it's difficult to drop him on form, but you know he. he,
2: he, It's not about dropping, though, is it? It's about you know how busy it's going to be this season and having a little bit of squad rotation. So I'm not advocating dropping anybody, but I'm just saying we are going to have to be clever this season with, with how we use players and. Running James McCarthy into the ground in the first two months of the season could be counterproductive.
0: Uh, well, we've, we've also will we've put, got possibly our toughest uh, Europa game on Thursday. Will we have one eye on that, or do you think you know the Premiership still the uh, you know the focus?
2: It's difficult. It's isn't possible. It? It's, it's possible to isn't it? So we we have got th- we've got three games in, in, in eight days basically, haven't we? We're playing Saturday, Thursday, Sunday, so three games in eight days. Uh, they are gonna have to use a bit of the squad rotation. So I would suggest, you know, the likes of Atsu, um you're probably gonna see the likes of Esich they're definitely gonna get a start at some point during, during the next
0: week or so. Okay, so looking at West Brom um, who's your Mark Max one to watch this week?
2: I'm going to go for somebody we know very well. I'm going to go for Julian Lescott. You know, if he does make his debut for West Brom, um, we all know as much as he left our club in, you know, not the greatest of circumstances. We all know on his day that he he's a good centre half, and you know he's someone who could probably do a good job against the likes of Lukaku because he's he's a big, strong lad. He he's not he's fairly quick for the centre half uh, so I, you know I think if if he does play Lescotta and if he does have a, a good game uh, he could prove to be a barrier for us getting goals
0: yeah no it's a good one um, you know the other one playing you mentioned who oh, I'd forgot about Victor Anachibi I hope he doesn't feature because um you know, he, he, when he when he fancies it, Victor, he can be a handful, Carney, And he, he didn't do it as often as I would have liked for Everton. But he's going to have something to prove it. And, um, you know, I hope I hope he doesn't get a chance to, because especially with our, the defence low confidence at the moment, he, he could bump them around a little bit. So, you know, hopefully we don't see that.
2: eh. Uh, so- um- I hope he plays just so we can see Sylvan distance, tripping them up as they come out of the tunnel again, like he did last time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What about a prediction, scoreline? Um, You know, West Brom haven't started particularly well. Everton haven't started particularly well on the points front, but I don't think we've been playing badly. Um, We've conceded a ridiculous number of goals, but we've also been scoring fairly freely. You know, seven and three. So, um, yeah, I think we're going to win, and I think we're going to win fairly comfortably filling our white tip. And I'm going to go two 0 to Evan.
0: I think it's one of the one of those games again where you know we've been playing well and you know attacking well and defending poorly. I think if we just grind out a one nilly and keep a clean sheet off first of the season, then it's got to be a good platform to build on. So any kind of win but a clean sheet would be a bonus as well on top
2: I think the priority going into this game is clean sheets if we score if we get a clean sheet then more than likely we get the three points because as I say we are scoring them. so um yeah that that's what I'd like to see in this game
0: must not concede ok cool so we'll, we will be down there Uh we won't well I'll be at the Wolfsburg game uh, is it too early for us to have any kind of uh, say about that game
2: yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, you know, we need to see what sort of team gets pointed put out against West Brom before we can even venture to guess, you know, at, at the team that will probably line up against Wolfsburg.
0: But you know, there's that question—the question that I'm sure every ever Tony will be thinking: Is he going to go with Joel in goal for this competition? I think yes. I think he is as well, and I think Gibson's going to come in. Uh, in, in in that game I think Bessage will probably get a run out in that game um, we, we might see um, the likes of Osman again if he's fit might see Hibbo yeah I mean I'm not saying you know I'm not saying that it, it, it's it's a, a case of resting, play, resting players because it's a small club at all but as you said there's so many fixtures and you need to have trust in these players and show trust in these players that they will get a part in this season and I think this is going to be straight away I think w- whether it's the strongest lineup or not he's got to use the squad and I think I think he will I think he'll use uh, Robles Robles, sorry <laughs> and, um, and the like uh, so there's no way we can do a prediction on that one now because it, I guess it all defen- uh, depends on you know the fallout from this weekend and uh, how confident the boys are and how much they're up for it so Yeah, two games uh, and then we think we are going to be moving our podcast to to a Friday so that we can cover those Thursday night games and then uh, if we put them out on a Thursday morning like we have been doing then they're going to be out of date by the time you listen to them so we want to make sure that you're listening to fresh stuff all the news a preview for the weekend game plus a review of the two games in the week so Friday mornings that's going to be our new home for podcasts. Have you fell asleep with me going on there, Mark? No, I was just uh, enjoying listening to your dulcet tones. <laughs> yeah, so, any more, any more to add about the uh, the upcoming games? Uh,
2: no, looking forward. To good week. Got the blues back in our life, and uh, you know three games to look forward to I'm bizarrely going to be watching the Everton-Wolfsburg game in Germany because I had a pre-arranged trip to Germany so uh, at least we're playing the German side so it shouldn't be hard to find on German TV Um, but yeah I'll be uh, cheering the Blues on uh, over in Hamburg of all
0: places Yeah, I'll be sat in the lower glasses uh, cheering them on as well Uh, we just hope that we're just going into it with with our first victory this season um, uh, under, the, under our belts because uh, if, if we don't win tomorrow I mean, you know, there's going to be a few not, not tomorrow, um, Saturday there's going to be a few naysayers and uh, people starting to get a little bit you know, I don't think they'll get on Roberto's back but they're going to be some questions asked aren't they, if, if we don't take these three points
2: Yeah, I
0: agree yeah. Okay. So we'll leave the podcast there. Uh, thanks for listening on SoundCloud. Hopefully, you will have, will agree that the sound quality is better this week, and you can find it uh, easier, and you can hear it on the on the tube uh, like you couldn't do last week. Um, and thanks for listening on SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, YNFA, and just keep on listening and keep on spreading the word tell your mates if you're on the way to the match or if you're listening on your way to the match on your own and meeting up with people get them to listen when they're on their way and you know let's build this uh, little blue podcast into something big anything else final words Mark no just uh, a little message any of the blues who
2: are listening who are going to be down at West Brom uh, come and find us if you see if you can spot us and come over and ask us about the podcast um, and yeah hopefully we'll uh,
0: take three points away from the Hawthorns we we think the pub's called the Royal Oak the little nice boozer but we will put it out on our Facebook page uh, the pub that it's at because nice little friendly pub and loads of blues sing songs so yeah let's get down there, build the atmosphere and cheer the blues boys onto a victory come on you blues